0: Welcome to At The Organ. Hello, I'm Brent Johnson, and welcome to this next installment of What I Did Last Summer. Here we play audio recorded as part of making our YouTube video series where I explore pipe organs inside and out. These videos can be found on the Organ Media Foundation's YouTube channel. This podcast features the audio from that recording session, and uh, often a little bit extra that didn't end up in the video, giving you a little behind-the-scenes look at the production of these videos. Today's show is a continuation of episode 176, so if you missed that one, I recommend you go listen to it first. Now, for reference, this was recorded in the early summer of 2018, so not exactly last summer. We just heard the organ of Emmanuel Lutheran in Tilsit, Missouri. Matt Polish demonstrated the instrument for us. Now, it's a remarkable piece of history and a unique little organ, all in almost original condition, only some tubing had been replaced. The original hand blower was still there and functioning. However, a little organ like this usually isn't the type of thing I would drive a long way to see, but the twist here is that there were two more just like it, one a little younger and the other possibly more than 20 years older. That's the fascinating thing about the Hinners Organ Company. They built custom organs, but most of their sales were of stock model instruments. In fact, the specification of these instruments was available in a pipe organ or in a reed organ. Their designs were successful enough that they never saw a need to change. Well, until it was too late to change. From there, we drove about 10 minutes to Zion Lutheran Church in Gordonville, Missouri. Here we found a 1904 Hinners that was visually very different. The woodwork was more ornate and the pipes were stenciled, but the stop list and mechanical design of the organ was identical. This organ had been restored recently by the St. Louis Pipe Organ Company. A new blower was added and the original regulator was replaced with a smaller one. For reasons we didn't have a lot of time to diagnose, this has left the organ sounding a little underwinded. We didn't end up recording as much playing on this organ. We were joined, however, by longtime church member Art Siebold, who talked about the history of the instrument. In the finished video, I believe we hear from art for a little over three minutes. Included in this podcast today is the entire interview with art, as well as some extra audio as we were setting up. So to Gordonville, Missouri, where Matt and I are talking about the organ and getting ready to start shooting our video. Um, all right, so I'm going to say, hi, right, today we're at Zion Lutheran Church in, where are we? Gordonville, Gordonville Missouri. Gordonville, that's right. I saw the sign. In Gordonville, Missouri, which is not far from where we were last week. And mm-hmm. this is home to a Henner's organ. Uh, with me again is Matt Powell and I'll introduce you and say, uh, but we don't actually know how old this organ is. No, Art will know. Or say it's identical. Um, yeah. And then we'll, I'll edit that if Art comes back. Or we won't even say it. You know, so yeah. So anyway, let's give it a run. Are we recording here? I don't know if I mm-hmm. hit the button. You are like right in the corner. All right. that's well, we'll uh. on that? <laughs> All right. as I look? I'm All okay right. being on the side as long All as right. it's Got everything right on the You're okay. I yeah, play the bingo. door here. Right.
1: Bingo, bingo.
0: Hi, I'm Brent Johnson, and today we are at Zion Lutheran Church in Gordonville, Missouri, not far from where we were last week. With me again is Matt Polish. He is the organist and director of music at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Jackson, Missouri, also adjunct professor of organ at Southeast Missouri State University, uh, and he's brought us here to another Henner's organ, very Correct. similar, identical in stop list and design to the one right. we saw last week. Right. This one is probably older.
1: Yeah, we're thinking um, we're thinking like late 1800s, maybe right at the turn of the century. Uh, notable because of some of the Victorian features of the case, specifically, um, and also a flat pedal board.
0: Yeah, the pedal board's flat, and we have a
1: different type of swell shoe. We have a swell shoe on the far right, much like you find in, in early French and Sweden.
0: But other than that, it's uh, and the stencil facade, smaller facade, the other one had a wider right. uh, facade. But other than that, it's it's the exact same organ on the inside, even though, you know, it might have been built 30 years earlier. Correct. Henners was building the same exact package organ. Exactly. And they these, This church ordered it out of the same catalog probably just later Mm -hmm. as the other church and it was delivered on a train and somebody set it up here and that's how we got these Henders organs. These were designed to be workhorses for rural churches like this one. You didn't have somebody come in and tune it and service it all the time. So it's uh, it's really well built and it's been here for a hundred years as far as we know. At least. Now this one has been completely restored. Yes. um, As opposed to the one we saw before. So things like the engraving, the knobs have been redone, Mm -hmm. uh, but the case has been cleaned up and finished, the pipes have been Mm -hmm. re-stencilled, and
1: it all just looks wonderful. Yes. Okay. Same as your piece of paper. These, as you said, these organs are are really workhorses. They they were so 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 well built, so solid. Everything was was really first-rate material. And uh, they, they were meant to play hymns and liturgy. They weren't necessarily recital instruments, um, although you can get around the Bach, Prelude and Fugon okay. Um, uh, but uh, really, really just meant for the, the country church in the cornfield and gave um, the small country parish the grandeur, the, the sound of the pipe organ without uh, the great expense or the great ongoing maintenance that you find with the larger instrument. One of the reasons
0: that we don't, a lot of people have never heard of henners or have never seen one is because they aren't where the people are. Exactly. They're out in the country, they were, that's, they were a, their target market was the rural church who couldn't afford to go, or, or wouldn't have be visited by a salesman. They sold these through catalogs mm-hmm. and they mail ordered them and they showed up on a train. So that's, and because of that time period too, a lot of them have been replaced. Right. They have not been restored like this one, so uh,
1: people don't always see them. It's it's been said that uh, John Henners was was much like Henry Ford in that he brought sort of mass production to uh, everyone through uh, through the mail through through general means where you didn't have to go to a, to the organ builder to visit the shop and so forth. You could order an instrument right out of the catalog.
0: And even he was building this one being older than the previous one. The parts or the the pipes came from another company. They were Gottfried Pipes from Philadelphia. He was ordering his stuff and just turning around and building the organs. Mm-hmm. I, know, I was reading, he, at one point they were building three pipe organs a month. Right. And it usually took about a month from the time you ordered it until your organs showed up on the
1: trains yeah. in town. So exactly. They
0: were quite an organ building workhorse and I'm surprised there's not more of them around. But I think it's I
1: think just close to 3,000. Yeah, their, their opus numbers they're are almost over the
0: 3,000. But they're out
1: in places where people don't know where they are and if they haven't been preserved. Mm-hmm. then um, Well, and as he was building re-organs, I think it was the logical step then for a church to upgrade Mm -hmm. essentially to a small pipe organ, and and he could help them with that process. That's true. Okay. We used to have an inkling Probably probably a permanent permanent mirror. Oh, right. I would imagine. You know, everybody has to have a (laughs) mirror. Luckily, they went with a little portable. All right.
0: um, Let's tell me about what they changed on the building here. Let's get a shot of that back here.
1: Hi, Art. Hello. Welcome. Come on in. Um, Hello, sir. I'm not doing very good today, but I'm up yet. Well, we'll just take a couple minutes of your time. Okay. This is Brent Johnson, Art Siebel. Hi, Brent. Good to meet you. And this is Zach. Zach. Zach and and Brent. Yes, Zach and Brent. Okay. Um, And they are here to do a uh, brief video on the Hendersby organ, as one of three in the area. Uh-huh. Uh, so, if it's possible, they would like to talk with you briefly. Uh-huh. Um, any information you would just briefly you want to share uh, about what? What year was this installed? It was installed in the original church
2: in the northwest corner of the cemetery in 1904 and then in 1915, when this building was built, it was moved over here okay,
0: in that position. Mm-hmm. So
1: 1904, Brent. The Tilsit organ was built in 1925. All right. Even though it's identical in its in its composition, uh, so this was a, this was a, a reinstall from the first church to the second church. Uh-huh. And remind me, was that was it at the same level it is now? Before you took the walls out, or it was, it was at the, the same floor?
2: level. Yes, but yes. it had always been. Water. Yeah, it was at that same level, but there wasn't as much yeah, flooring sure you know, around. That. Right. Right. <laughs> they had a little bit of a just a little bit of a poop thing to sit on, and the organ, organist had to be careful he didn't slide it off. For a number of years. <laughs> right. right. Well,
0: <clears throat> I'm tell you, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm, I'm going to ask you exactly what he's asking you. I want you to tell me just what you're telling him right now. Uh, so tell, tell me your name again, sir. Arthur Sebold.
2: <clears throat> How long have you been a member of this church? Well, <clears throat> we moved here in 1938. My father was the pastor. He was called here as pastor in 1938. I was 11 years. No, I was I was 10 years old, uh, going on 11. And uh, we were in a little old tiny church in Southwest Missouri. There was an old pump organ that we used there. My dad was always interested in his boys. He had four boys to get interested in at least learning how to play the hymns, the church hymns, and so, believe it or not, I actually played the basic church service on the old pump organ at Zion Lutheran Church, Diggins, Missouri, <laughs> it's, and when we came here, oh, we were thrilled it was gonna be a pipe organ, a pipe organ. Man, my brother Roland, who, who had just gone to St. Paul's College, was thrilled to death. He, he was going to be a pastor. <clears throat> but he was a little disappointed because he never got along too well with the flat pedal board. <laughs> well, anyway, <clears throat> we got here, and on, on foot pedal G foot pedal G, there was a squeak. And that squeak never got fixed until, well, even in 2002, Alan Nagel of St. Louis Pipe Organ Company, who rebuilt the organ that year, in 2002, he, he claims, he heard it, But he didn't think that we would want that squeak removed because that was so typical. It was that organ for years and years. So one time he was here on his regular call to service the organ and to tune it. And I said, now, Alan, that's it. Now, I want you to get that silly squeak out because it seems like it's getting worse and it's aggravating to the organ. Well, I always thought that, that was kind of tradition with the organ, you would, oh, come on, I said, you rebuilt the organ? You mean we have to live with that squeak? So he, I, he, he got to it and there was a spring all those years, it was a little spring that was rubbing on the wood and he got it out. And I said, I cannot believe that you let that in there all these years. <laughs> of course, he didn't work on the organ very often. We had, we had some jack legs who tried to work on the organ. <clears throat> and uh, they didn't know much about organs. But they did a little bit. And then finally, in 2002, after we got started with Alan Nagel, Uh, He said, I said, let's get, we'll go ahead and I'll try to convince the congregation that we need to rebuild the organ. So those pictures there and that little album show how the organ was disassembled and pieces were laid across the, the top of the benches like that. So it was totally disassembled and parts were taken to St. Louis and they worked on there. But they didn't get that squeak out, but he did later.
0: <laughs> uh, you, so tell me again when the organ was built.
2: It was built in, in uh, 1904. That's when we got it. That's when the Zion Lutheran bought it. My, uh, my wife's grandfather had just been married that year, and <clears throat> so, they thought, that we're still talking about the old church, they thought that they needed a pipe organ. So he and uh, I guess three or four other officers of the congregation back then uh, went out one Sunday afternoon and they got the $4,000 plus to buy the organ and have it
0: installed. That's how it all got started. Do you know anything about the company that built the organ or how they came to? I I never did. I
2: never did not know of the Hinters folks or anything. Uh, all I know is that it was unattended properly. All those years my dad was here and he came in 38 and died in 73 in the ministry, uh, we never, all they had done was, well, in 1940, we got electricity here in, in late 1939. So in 1940, we put in an electric pump, bellows. <laughs> so they took out the old bellows and, in, and uh, they put
0: in the, uh, Did you ever have to go back in? As pastor's son, did you have to go? Were you responsible for pumping? Well,
2: I didn't. I didn't do much pumping, but we had regular pumpers that we paid twenty-five cents a Sunday to pump the organ. The organist parents, Martin Grosshider and uh, his wife Bertha Grossheider, were custodians when we got here in 1938. So, Irma, their oldest daughter, did just a little bit of playing. She had one number that she used all the time for the prelude. It went. How did it go? Da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, and that's all we heard. Now, when they came here in Saturday afternoons, uh, they brought their youngest daughter, Aline, along, and Aline was supposed to pump the organ so that her old sister, Irma, could practice. Well, Aline was not very diligent about it, and she didn't like it that her dad made her pipe pump the organ. So she deliberately let the air go down too low, and the organ just—you know—what it did, <laughs> not enough air. But that's one of the, that's one of the little things you remember. But in 1940, they celebrated the 75th anniversary of the congregation. My dad had just been here two years. So my dad didn't like the way it was open. He wanted, see, it was just this pillar here was not there. That was added in 2002 to kind of give the appearance of a complete arch. Well, my dad knew I was mistaken, of course, in this. He had the organ boxed in. Uh, that wasn't any good because the sound didn't penetrate. It was all boxed in except for the very front. But that was part of the anniversary celebration. And the old uh, gentleman, Martin Gruselander, who was custodian in the voters' meeting, not in didn't attend the voters' meeting, but when they were making the plans to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the congregation, uh, he, he argued rather vehemently that nothing should be done to the order. He said, we have lived with that for 25 years. And he said, I don't see why we should change that. But my dad prevailed much to what I would say today is the dissatisfaction so we sat we, all those years. Now, since it was boxed in, the servicemen couldn't get to it right. So he always had to take out some of the front pipes and so he crawled in there to get to the board on which you stand to do the tuning. But very, very seldom did we have it tuned. So in 2002, uh, about a few years before 2002, we got in touch with Alan Nagel, and St. Louis Pipe Organ Company, and he came down and did his best. Now he crawled around behind to a little door that is behind, and he came, took off a couple of panels back there. But he was not happy with the arrangement. He said, "You should take all this wallboard down," and he said, "You should." expose the organ and then we'll rebuild it the way it was. So the original, so the pipes are like they were originally. And we were very happy, and we've been pretty happy with it since,
0: the I mean, organ. He did a beautiful job of it, it's a wonderful He did, instrument. He did a good job. And then the floor was also yeah, added. Oh yeah, all that was, all
2: that floor, he wanted a complete solid floor and so we had a carpenter in our congregation who did that. Uh, Alan Bradshaw was, was a good carpenter and he saw to it that, that was all done and a hardwood floor installed. And so that's that. And I the organists have been pretty happy. Jennifer Jennifer does a super job of playing the old organ with the flat pedal board. Now she's the only one who plays the pedals. Our, our other organists don't, they, didn't, they never were trained in organ playing, so they don't uh, use the pedal. So we're always thrilled when Jennifer comes. when Jennifer's able to play here because she, she plays the pedals and then we can sing parts and all that kind of stuff. I don't really know much more, it's, uh, it's, it was interesting how the old pumpers sat back there in 38 and 39 and pumped the organ. And that old bell signal, uh, the organists used that once in a while, they kind of they drifted, uh, you know, that's boring sitting there. <laughs> once in a while the air got a little bit low, so the bell signal told them to start pumping, man.
0: <laughs> was the blower handle out on the side on this side, or where did the bl- where did the pumper sit? It was on that side. On that okay, back that. Yeah, gonna... the organ was
2: a little more this way. Mm. Okay, uh, and it and it came. Actually, the organ was quite a bit this way to give the pumper mm. room to pump back there because that hand And one of the pumpers back then was Walter Hennecke. <laughs> he would, he would, he did it most of the time. Because you know, back back in the thirties, there wasn't much money around. A choir a wasn't all that bad for a church service.
0: <laughs> it was rather funny. And uh, yeah, uh, they did a beautiful job restoring the organ. I'm so glad that you've protected it uh-huh. and kept it. Oh yeah, what
2: it was uh, the uh, the woodwork, the cabinet, cabinetry was in bad shape after uh, almost a hundred years. Yeah. And Alan had somebody that was an expert at. There were holes drilled in the baseboard, for example, and you can't even tell now where those holes were. They ran wires here and there. Especially when they put the first uh, uh, power pump in for the organ. One thing we regretted, and it's so—it's so funny. When that happens, you think, "Boy, that's good to get rid of those old bells and have power." Yeah, but that bell assembly. That hand stuff was all taken out and, and put in the Seamer's bar. And there it was for years and years. And finally, Jack Seamer says to the congregation, what, what are you people going to do with those old bells?" So somebody said, we'll just burn them. That wasn't the best thing. <laughs> Historically. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The person that would have the answers. <laughs> well, few
2: little human touches like that. Yeah. You know, I was gone a lot of years, but the organ, like I say, was neglected, and then we finally got around to. It. So I said to Alan when he suggested rebuilding the organ, I said, "That old organ is that fit to be rebuilt?" Oh my! He said, "We do it all the time." Yeah so the old church was over here across the street it was in this this corner right, right. up here a frame building and was a frame building uh, if you want to see a replica of that go down
1: in that room in the that next
2: room. floor sure. melvin grossheider built a replica of the original church because he was just a youngster then. but the organ was moved from that building to this place yes I don't know, I guess, I don't know who moved it or anything. I, we weren't, yeah. I didn't know we about that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. nice to meet you, gentlemen. You Thank you so much. All right, when, I hope I didn't say anything that somebody's going to see and say, hey, you big mom, what are you talking
1: about? <laughs> he can yeah. always edit that out.
2: <laughs> yeah, old Dr. Spittler, I told him about this, uh, that you were coming, and he says, why didn't you sit down and write a history? I said, well, I don't really know all that much. Well, he said, you already told me a lot. Yeah. I told him the to little
1: things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, sir, very much. Appreciate Your it. Aunt, uh, yes. I'm glad that you invited me up. Mm-hmm. All right, well, safe travels. Nice to meet you. Okay. Nice to meet Tell you. Tell Mildred hello.
2: I'll do it. Okay, all right. She's what keeps me at home. Okay?
1: <laughs> she keeps you going. So I'm going to do one little transition from this to the next. Oh, program. sure. So it's just stand by the camera. Okay. Maybe, or,
0: yeah, right there. And I'm going to stand next to the camera and we can friend a message to you, too. And check our audio. right so it's really great to see this instrument still playing 114 years from its original installation. And it was installed in another church
1: originally. The and original church building and was moved then to this building when it was
0: built. In and they've done their best to make it sound its best. Right. And uh, having it rebuilt was good. I'm glad they're taking care of it keeping this thing playing for another hundred and something. Years. Absolutely. It's, Henner's organs are proving their workhorses. Work.
1: They're workhorses.
0: And it's not the only one in the area, right? No, you know,
1: we've seen the twins, Brent, but honestly, there's there's a triplet in the There's Midwesters. still one more Henners' uh, organ There's Hinters. another Henners'. You know, they're all over the Missouri countryside. They are. Side. They are. Okay, no well, let's go yeah. look at it. Okay, let's do it.
0: So off we went. First, we drove to Jackson, Missouri, about 10 minutes away in the closest big town. We grabbed lunch downtown, and then we drove north about nine miles to Pocahontas, Missouri. Here we found St. John's Lutheran Church with a Henners' Organ from 1928. The casework and pipes were a little different, made to match the church well, but the stop list in design was practically identical. More than 20 years later now, and the Hinners Organ Company is still selling the same organ. Matt played the instrument for us a little, and we discussed the instrument. We had a polite audience of the church's organist and a couple of other members as we recorded.
1: All right, so Matt, where are we? Where have you brought me? We're in Pocahontas, Missouri. Okay. Yes, at St. John's Lutheran Church.
0: And behind us, this is yet one more
1: Hinner's organ. This is the third in our, in our uh, trilogy of Henner's. And what, yes.
0: what year was this one built?
1: 1928. Okay, 1928. so this is our youngest one. Uh, right? Yes, because I think Emmanuel was 1925. Yeah. And uh, well, we see a lot of similarities in the key desk, and the overall design of the casework. Yeah,
0: the stock list is exactly the same. Exactly the now, same. There's some modernizations that the casework's a little different and it matches the, the church, but uh, mm-hmm. they did do customizations, even on these stock models, right. if you asked for it, you could pay for extra casework or things. Exactly,
1: exactly. We also have combination pedals on this instrument, which gives us presets. Which I don't know if
0: that was, if there were other Henders that had those and this was a right. modernization or if it was a customization. Right. Yeah. So sure. um, interesting to see. So uh, well, we'll look at that in a minute. Um, this, I mean, it's voiced perfectly for the room, it's it got is. the same sort of sound as the Emanuel the Warren from 1925. Right. This was also added as kind of, this is after Albert Henners took over mm-hmm. from his father, after his father died, and he was not for modernizing the company or changing anything, and so that's one reason we still have this stock model Right. at a time when other companies are exploring, are exploring electric action yes. and uh, tubulinumatic
1: and things like that. Right, so, exactly. But we're still staying divided stop uh, stops and so forth so you can do solo work and uh, so it, it really does though keep the instrument very versatile for being a one-man. Mm-hmm. It's
0: just they, they weren't up for changing anything. This is the same model as we saw exactly. from uh, you know, 1904 20 years later they're still living the same instrument exactly. but it works. Mm-hmm. There's some people people talk about you know American sounds and they think of people like E.M. Skinner with his strings and French horns and hook but there's something really American about this uh, in the way that, I mean, we out here in rural Missouri, they, the mail order industry saved a lot of these towns. And from, you know, Montgomery Ward started the process with his catalogs. Right. And uh, what was his name? Henners, the older one was John Henners. John, Henders. John Henders. And John Henners, you know, picked up the idea for his reed organs and then later pipe organs mm-hmm. and also developed the, the assembly line process to get a standard model pipe organ out to any church anywhere in the country that could afford one. Right. Uh, and I'll add here, since we're not very far from the Mississippi, this boat, this came up on a boat yes. rather than a train, like yes. most of us. And the church actually had to go down to the river and pick it up off the boat, and somebody came in and right. installed it. So there's just something uniquely American about that mm-hmm. in developing this new uh, new way of selling something that you just can go out and buy anywhere in the country. Exactly. And here in Pocahontas, Missouri, we've got a pipe organ that's 100 almost years old right. and still playing, so that's pretty fantastic. And again,
1: you see that that stop list that gives you an eight-foot open that gives you big organ sound, it leads a church full of people, and then three other stops that are soft and beautiful in every way, and you can play any amount of music with yeah. those sounds.
0: Tinners found a system that worked and they exactly. ex- exploited it and uh, exactly. it still exists today, so uh-huh. that's really great to see. Well, Matt, thank you so much for showing me these three yeah. amazing organs. Um, and now I have to do a commercial, so let me think about how we're gonna say that, so. If you missed the episode previous, we looked at an uh, older Henner's organ, about the same age, but a year or so older down the road, that hasn't been restored. This one's been restored completely, so Mm -hmm. everything is like new, uh, and so we hope it'll continue playing for another 80, 90 years here in this church. I'm sure it will. Uh, Thank you for watching. Remember, you can find streaming classical organ music anytime on our three stations, organlive.com, Positively Baroque, and The Organ Experience. I also wanna say thank you for watching these videos and let you know that they're only possible because of your support. Uh, if you'd like to help us make more and go visit some other interesting organs, let me say that one more time. If you'd like to help us make more and go visit some other interesting organs, remember you can support the Oregon Media Foundation. We're a nonprofit organization, so your contributions are tax deductible. Just go to organ.media and click on the link that says support. If you We've added a new video sponsor category where you can pay to have one video sponsored. We'll even put your name on it at the end. Or we have a weekly contribution that you can help us keep these videos coming out each Friday to you. Subscribe to our channel so you get notifications when these videos come out each week. I'm Brent Johnson. Thank you, Matt. You're very welcome. I'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> Done this a bunch. <laughs> uh, all right. Did I forget anything? Is there anything I want to fix? That? Thanks once again go to Matt Polish for guiding us and his assistance that day, and Zach Simon, who assisted with production and recording, and Art Siebold, who provided a wonderful insight into the organ at Zion Lutheran in Gordonville, Missouri. Sadly, Art passed away Friday, January 25th, 2019. If you want to see the videos we made that day, they are embedded in the post for this episode at attheorgan.com. Thank you for listening, and thank you as ever to all our many supporters and subscribers who make it possible for us to do what we do, even during a pandemic. It is April, and that's the time of year we turn to our listeners to ask for your help in supporting what we do. This is the month we try to raise our entire operating budget for the year, so we don't have to keep bugging you for the next 11 months. For more information about supporting the foundation, visit organ.media and click on support. That's all for now. I'm Brent Johnson. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you here next time at The Oregon. You've been listening to At The Organ. We'd love to hear your comments about the show. Send your email to info at attheorgan.com or just go to our website where you can comment on the show. There you can also hear this week's show again or find back episodes. The address is theorgan.com. At the Organ is a production of the Organ Media Foundation. For more information about supporting the foundation, go to organmedia.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll meet you here next week at the Organ.